Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Everything is linked, Rand. Whether it lives or not, whether it thinks or not, everything that is fits together. The tree does not think, but it is part of the whole, and the whole has a a feeling. I can't explain any more than I can explain what being happy is, but Rand, this land was glad for a weapon to be made. Glad, loyal. Chapter 15, The Great Hunt, Kinslayer. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarfallen, a Wheel of Time podcast. And we are back to the <gasps> books. <laughs> we are starting back off in the Great Hunt where we left off before TV show Madness happened. And we're going to be covering chapters 13 through 16 this week. Mm-hmm. First chapter being from stone to stone. And if you need a little refresher, shit went down in Shinar and the horn of Valir was stolen, the dagger was stolen. So we have our party of people, Rand and company, chasing after a one pot on Fane with the dagger and the horn. Oh, it's so good. It's so good to be back in the books. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump in with my recap of chapter 13. Rand wakes to find himself in a watered-down version of the world he knows. Structures have changed overnight, and where a stump of a stone had been the night before, a tall, thick, cylindrical post covered in strange writing has taken its place. More startling than that, all of his traveling companions are gone. No Shinarans, no Matt, no Perrin. Perrin and Loyal, who had laid down close to him, have remained with him. Panicked, he wakes them, begging for them to tell him he's still dreaming. But this is not a dream. Loyal does not recognize the strange amphitheater they are in, but he does recognize the stone, and he is far from happy about it. This is a portal stone, and the only thing he knows about it is discomforting, to say the least. From stone to stone run the lines of if if between the worlds that might be. He also mentions that Aes Sedai used them in the Age of Legends when men and women both channeled. Rand has the sinking feeling he is the one who has brought them to this shadow world. Perrin has a panic attack but calms himself by shifting all the responsibility to Lord Rand. Yikes. Rand, feeling a desperate need to get them out of this mess, attempts to use the portal stone even though he has no clue what he's doing. He attempts to channel, but Sadine slips away from him over and over. His two rivers stubbornness keeps him going, and once he has a grasp, he mentally tries to reconnect his little group with the rest of the people he had been traveling with. The void shattered into a thousand shards, slicing his mind. Rand is shocked there is no blood on his fingers after he wipes the sweat from his brow. 
He has failed, and he has no idea what to do next. Hearn offers the solution. He can still smell the dark friends with the horn of Valir and the dagger Matt needs for healing. With no way out, the best way seems to be forward. The three of them ride their horses up the multicolored steps, seven colors for seven ajas, and begin to follow the trail the sniffer has found for them. So it's quite the it's quite the hunt they're on on this great hunt. I <laughs> the great grunt. I like that they've split the worlds. That we're suddenly in this mirror world. We're basically in the upside down now, and yes. it's not quite clear to the reader what the wrongness is, mm-hmm. but we're getting clues as we go. Yeah, things that are different, things that Loyal doesn't know anything about, like that should be surprising to anyone who knows Loyal, like the little bit he knows, he's like, Ugh. I really wish I didn't know that. So... If we move forward to the next chapter, now we're coming from the point of view of Perrin and the others that Rand, Huron, and Loyal have left behind. So we wake up at camp with Ingtar, Perrin, Matt, and Uno, and they're all awake to find that Rand and his party have vanished without a trace. To make things even worse, they're without Huron now, the sniffer, so finding the horn and dagger seems pretty much hopeless. Perrin is out of options at this point, so he sends his message to the wolves, and he gives them Padon Fane's scent. And this is one of the coolest parts, I think, of this entire chapter. I will probably focus on it a little bit more later, but... Perrin is not keen on doing this. He's has this fear of becoming too connected to the wolves, and he's not quite okay with it. Mm-hmm. So after sending this to them, it whips them into a bloodthirsty frenzy. <laughs> so the wolves don't like many things. They hate fire. They hate Trollocs. They would go through fire to get through Trollocs, but the scent of pot and fane seems to be something that they hate even more. Mm-hmm. So Perrin kind of accepts this and acknowledges that he has this connection and he is going to have to use it at this point to find Rand or pot on fane or anyone that can lead them back together. Mm-hmm. He decides to tell Inktar that the Dark Friends went south and he tells Inktar because he has this connection to the wolves. Now Inktar is pretty chill about this. He doesn't freak out like I think Perrin was thinking might happen. And Inktar says, okay, like it's fine that I know this, but don't tell anyone else. They might get the wrong idea about it. So they agree upon letting everyone else think that Perrin is a sniffer like Huron. And out of everyone that hears about this, Masima is the one who takes this the worst, and he just kind of spits, which is weird, but okay, Masima. So Perrin senses a village and something very, very bad. He can feel through the bond that there was this giant massacre by the Trollocs and Ingtar kind of interrupts him and was like, hey, what's that back there? 
I think it's a woman. And it turns out there is a woman following them. Matt's like, oh, it's probably an I said I. And he's right. <laughs> it is Varen. And this is one of, I think, these famous book lines where Varen tells the party, oh, hey, hi, I'm here. More rain sent me. Keep this Keep in this the back in of your mind. mind. Yeah. And if you go back to our last Great Hunt chapter or episode, I think it was the last one, I talked about this a little bit more. Yeah. So Varen is here, and she is not happy that Rand is gone. She hints at knowing something about Rand, perhaps knowing who he really is, mm-hmm. and she seems to study Ingtar a bit suspiciously something to think about Mm -hmm. and as all this is going on matt believes that varen is hunting for rand and not the horn of valier Mm -hmm. so there's some suspicious behavior on many parts and we're getting this really cool chapter through the eyes of perrin and through the eyes of the wolves some very like graphic imagery how the wolves communicate with Perrin, how they see each other's thoughts visually, not really in words, Mm -hmm. but they kind of like pictograph everything. And I like it. (laughs) (laughs) It really is though. It's just like, it's just like an image. Yep. And like all of these sensations and and feelings and things like it's just, I always love the wolf. Yeah. I love the wolf communication and what they bring to the story the end of this chapter i don't know how really to describe how it makes me feel but perrin thinks to himself wherever you are rand stay there it is safer and i know right i mean seriously are we not just (laughs) how safe is safe i mean every i feel like at every option every group is facing something very terrible yeah one of our previous chapters we've got this fade that was nailed to a door and people massacred everywhere you think okay further away from there is probably Mm -hmm. safer but then we've got rand in the upside down and what makes things even weirder about this is it's it's so hard for me to visualize it because of how it's written Mm -hmm. but it almost sounds like no one can gain their equilibrium like when they look Mm. out into the horizon Mm -hmm. they kind of like dip and i want to say like teeter Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. so it kind of has this feeling of like a seasickness or something like no one can really gain their equilibrium and it's just like awful sounding combination (laughs) of a kaleidoscope and one of those moving rotating tunnels with the bridge and you have to walk on it and even though like the bridge just goes straight ahead like the tunnel spinning around you makes like a you fun feel house yeah. attraction yeah but with like everything kind of skewed visually at the same time further out to the distance so it's like it's all around you so for the next chapter <laughs> I really just don't think Rand is that much safer. No. Um, so this particular chapter, chapter 15, is Kinslayer. 
Brand, Huron, and Loyal have begun their trek across the strange lands they have found in this mirror world. The landscape around them seems to have a mind of its own when it when it comes to telling accurate distances, mountain ranges, hills, anything more than a few feet away could appear right at hand or leagues away. The world twists, leaving the party queasy as they move forward in different stages of mentally processing the situation they have found themselves in. Loyal unexpectedly stops his horse by a small row of giant's broom. Char trees. I actually looked that up to see if they were a real thing, and I don't think that they are. If someone <laughs> knows if they are, I'd love to, like... We need an arborist. Anyone. Yeah, someone let me know if it's real. They sound very cool. So Loyal dismounts and walks towards them. Rand starts to ask Loyal what he's doing, but is interrupted by Loyal singing to one of the trees. The song pulls the tree into the shape that Loyal desires. He has the rare talent of tree singing and felt compelled in this moment to use it. When the song is complete, there is new growth where the branch had been and Loyal is carrying a large staff. Rand is puzzled by this choice until he realizes that Loyal has created a quarterstaff. A weapon. This shocks Rand and his shock grows as Loyal tells him that the land was glad for a weapon to be made. Rand makes a joke that sustains Hearn through the afternoon, but soon all humor flees the group and they continue their trek through the scorched and empty land, led by Hearn's insistence that he can smell the dark friends. The trail is bothersome in that Karen feels like he is remembering it or that the physical signs of what he can smell should be there, but they are not. A massacre of men, women, and children should have been right under their feet, but there was nothing there to indicate that anything had happened. The mystery of the place they have found themselves in continues. The land remains empty, and nightfall creeps up on them slowly but surely. After an unfulfilling meal, Rand practices his sword forms without the void, his fear of what may happen, overcoming his desire to get lost in the emotionless bliss offered by the void. When it is time to sleep, Rand says he will take the first watch. Loyal and Hearn roll into their cloaks and soon it is just Rand awake in the dark. He attempts to soothe himself by playing a song on Tom's flute, but it only increases his sense of loneliness and loss. Of course, this is the perfect opportunity for a nightmare. He shows up telling Rand that he knows him down to his core, to the very first moment there ever was. He has known him. This is not great news to Rand, who continues to deny, but I never say his name right. Who continues? Zaman. Yes, who continues to deny Baal Zaman's existence. To prove how real he is, Luce Theron sets Rand's sword aglow with white hot heat. The heron engraved on the sword hilt of Rand's sword burns itself into his hand. He pushes away at Baal Zaman with the power, and the fire fades away as though it had never been. Everything is as it was, except that he now has a perfectly etched heron in the palm of his hand. Twice and twice shall he be marked. Ba -bom. <laughs> so after all of this, we move to chapter 16 called In the Mirror of Darkness. Our group is still in this upside down mirror world and they feel as though that they might be kind of losing the trail. They're feeling a bit rushed and... Up ahead, they see this 
it looks like a bit of a statue and they decide, hey, let's go investigate this. So Rand is like riding his horse really fast, all excited, like, see everyone, see something good lies ahead. And Loyal's in the back like, oh, Rand, no, Rand. <laughs> and Rand just, he's not paying attention. He's a little bit too excited. And when he gets up to the statue that he thought was a spire, it turns out that what he thought was a monument built to Arthur Hawkwing's victory over the Trollocs in this world, it's actually a monument signifying the Trollocs' victory over Arthur Hawkwing. So it's described pretty much exactly what the Trolloc book chapter icon looks like. And it's a trollic with a thunderbolt stabbing a hawk and ravens about. And so he mistook the raven as a hawk. And yeah, it just made things way more depressing and sad. (laughs) So accurate. (laughs) So as this is going on, Rand starts hearing shrieking. A woman is in danger. And he's like, I better go do my thing that I do and save this lady. (laughs) So he rides his horse red just about as fast as he can go. The horse comes to a sliding stop with rocks spraying everywhere. And there's this woman who (laughs) is fighting one of the most beautiful creatures the Wheel of Time has to offer, (laughs) Leather Daddy Grom. Uh... Grom is described as big as a bear, but with the leathery skin of a frog and a beak and three eyes. I definitely want my own pack. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Me and my Groms. Come on, guys. I'll give them really cutesy names, like Mitzi. (laughs) Mitzi. (laughs) Mitzi the Grom. Okay, my apologies. I love it. So she's shrieking and screaming and Rand steps in to save the day and she says, through its eye. So he finds the flame in the void and he shoots the thing through its one of its eyes and does his heroic Rand thing that he does, liking to save beautiful women. And not only is this woman beautiful, she's probably the most beautiful woman that Rand has ever seen in his life. Mm -hmm. Her beauty takes everyone's breath away. Even Loyal is like, holy shit, that's the most beautiful human I've ever seen. (laughs) And Rand is like, his ears growing hot, like, oh my god, Loyal, did you just read my mind and say what I was thinking out loud? Total embarrassment. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's wearing beautiful white and silver, and she goes by the name of Celine. Sounds very celestial and beautiful. Mm-hmm. She introduces herself as a Kyrian and noblewoman, and Rand agrees to let her join along with them. He wants to protect her. So Rand tells her about his flame in the void practice that his father taught him. And she kind of tells him, like, oh, like, that's pretty interesting. If I were you, I would want to wrap myself in that all the time. He knows that this is actually the one power and that it makes him physically ill 
with the taint, the corruption, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So he kind of just tries to change the subject. And then Huron, oh dear, he really puts his foot in it. Mm-hmm. She's like, so, you know, what's going on with you guys? And Huron's like, well, we're trying to chase down some dark friends who stole the horn of Valir. And she is much too interested in this. I guess anybody would be. But right. Huron, what the F, man. Yeah, yeah. So as they move along... It turns out that she knows suspiciously way too much information that she shouldn't know, mm-hmm. but then she plays it off as a Kyrian, a noblewoman. Kyrian has the best library in the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. So, like, that kind of puts an end, I guess, an ellipses. Like, it's not quite a question mark. She's kind of like put everyone at ease at mm-hmm. this point. Even Loyal accepts it. He's like, oh, yeah. of course. Of course. Yeah. You could have found these weird, rare books. Right. And she seems to know all about these portal stones, as they are called, and quite a few other things about the Age of Legends that just seems a little bit sus, but our guys are just kind of like, okay, like, cool. They're bamboozled by her beauty. Yes, exactly. And that pretty much wraps up this chapter. Hello friends, it's time for a new ad. There's so much happening in the Wheel of Time world and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. If you would like to help, rate us wherever you listen. This helps other people find the podcast. You can also join us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Help create the show by joining us on Patreon. We have four different tiers with perks ranging from shoutouts to bonus content to merch not found in our Threadless store. Speaking of the Threadless shop, it's absolutely bursting with beautiful Wheel of Time designs and various items to put them on. Need a Wolf Brother t-shirt? It's there. A first sister pin to send to your bestie? We've got them. How about a White Tower dropout sweatshirt? You know Amber made one. The point is, we love the Wheel of Time. You love the Wheel of Time. Go get some merch that shows it. You can find links for Patreon and our Threadless shop in our show notes. One last thing. You guys are the best. Your support means the world to us. Thank you for being the amazing people, humans, sentient creatures that you are and keeping us company on the road to Tarvalin. Au revoir, chapter 16. <laughs> so... Spoiler time. Yes. Oh, yeah, we start with my chapter, don't we? So one of the things, of course, because this is like from stone to stone, is the portal stones and being described as lines of if. We've talked about this before and how like it has a really super sci-fi feel to it. But Loyal points out, Rand's trying to use it. He's pushing his hands up against the portal stone trying to use the one power but loyal doesn't know that that's what's happening and so rand's like well maybe there was a way to use this without the one power yeah yeah because they said that they were built before the age of legends and i'm just curious is that ever confirmed like it has it ever been used without the power or do the portal stones just kind of like 
drop off when they stop being useful as a mode of transportation. The second one. It is a big giant plot hole. Really? Don't like them. Tell Don't me, care for them. Tell me why they annoy you. Because they're just there to serve one tiny purpose and then you never really need them ever again. That's so true. Do you feel the same way about the ways? Yes. Yes. Okay. I like that. I like them because <laughs> to me they feel like steps. Like building up. Like to the thing instead of it just being instantly oh you can go from one place to the other they have to kind of like fight their way to get to that next ease of mode of transportation so the portal stones or what i'm confused the portal stones the ways like we start oh out you with mean the all of them yeah, yeah yeah all of them before we get to the point where we can just like channel and we're suddenly where we need to be at first i thought i liked that it wasn't always fast travel. Yeah. But after the ways, the portal stones felt a little bit predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can travel, but there will be a catch. And it kind of feels like spending all this time on explaining how they work and what they are and what we should be confused about them than just... Mm. I feel like it should be so confusing that a person shouldn't be able to follow you through them, you know? Mm, Like, mm -hmm. how does each person know which world they end up in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does one do it while they're sleeping accidentally? Well, and see, that's actually one of the things that I had been thinking about with this one, and, like, I'd been doing some reading on a couple different websites, and one of the mysteries of this chapter is listed out as being did Rand actually channel in his sleep or was it Lanfear who channeled him there and looking at it from a Lanfear perspective I'm like it was her 100% and she transported herself there too and her fancy ass horse and she set up everything so that Rand would discover her in this weird parallel universe and if he couldn't figure out the shit to get them out of there she would be there to still pull them back into the real yeah, world yeah but they just they just so conveniently fell asleep next to one like that's you know what that's true maybe she saw it and was like oh opportunity the opportunity yeah yeah like couldn't resist it like hmm hmm how lucky could i get cuz we know she's following them around like right they saw shown- her at the last village well, yeah supposedly it was it could have been her probably was her i i always say yes on that one i'm like definitely 100% i feel fear. like it as well yeah, yeah. no i don't know i i will say after reading these chapters again I appreciated this journey through the Portal Stone world, but it's also serves this really short narrative and then never comes up again. <laughs> I think I think Robert Jordan as a physicist cannot resist the idea of including some sort of mirror world. It's the exact same books. thing as the ways, yeah. but but different. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. changing things a little bit slightly each time. And then, thank God, like, then we start skimming and 
traveling by gateways and yep. then it's just not even necessary anymore. The what's his face starts to de- like designing the moving wagons like so even even without channeling there's opportunities for faster travel being developed in the Westlands. And actually, thank you, Rand. That is one of the things that you did right. <laughs> Way to go, Rand. Anytime you can set up a place for academics and free thought and creativity, I am on board for that as a legacy to leave behind. Not so sure on some of the other things he did, but that one, two thumbs up. I mean, really, what would the point be of going to a mirror world? Why? Running into yourself and seeing how, like, awful you are in another yeah. world. Like, I'm I'm pretty content with the version I'm living. <laughs> I don't I don't particularly feel the need to find out how a different Tracy is existing. I'm you don't want to meet your evil twin? Or see my headstone someplace, because I'm pretty sure I'd be dead by now in several <laughs> other places. Those damn left-hand turns. No, I'm just kidding. No. What if you ended up like Warrior Tracy in a different I already turning. am, she says as she spreads her tartan on her lap like an invalid. <laughs> <laughs> In my rolly tear. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, I, I, there are pieces of this that I really like, and there are pieces of it that I don't. I do, I do feel like, especially coming back from the show, it feels good to sink into the book again. It feels... Do you think that they should include the portal stone? No. In the TV show, I don't think that they should. Take too much time. Yeah, we've got, like, they need to make up for season one. Not saying that season one was terrible, but we need to get this back on track to being, like, Wheel of Time quality that we're expecting. And I feel as though it's okay to have kind of a lukewarm start to something. This is true. I'm okay with that. Nobody's... You know, it would have been it would have been cool if Ran ran into Evil Rand and had to duel himself. Well, he does have to do that later on, so maybe this is where the idea came from. Ooh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because this definitely is the evil version of of the world that Rand it's the knows. Upside down. Yeah, I do like that. Um, the, the Stranger Things tie-in. Yeah, I really liked that show. I should watch it again. Can you imagine if they make Portal Stones a big thing, like of season two? Like season one is the ways. Season two, Portal Stones. I can't even handle that. <laughs> no, just don't. I would much rather them jump to. A faster form of travel in the TV shows. I can see, like the these fast forms of travel are used. I have one reason why portal it. stones should be included. Please, I like them. Cutting them would be sad to me. So please, here. Okay, this. the one reason why they should be in the show mm-hmm. is because of Grom. Okay. We didn't get a single blight creature. We got moss that 
acted suspiciously mm. in a musher man. And a tit shield. Let's not forget about the tit shield. <laughs> <laughs> High points of the play. We are. How did he die? <laughs> I wonder how he died, Rand. Oh, I don't know. He forgot his tit shield, obviously. <laughs> this is, yeah. It's bad when we go back and quote ourselves for being so damn funny. <laughs> I'm at the point, though, where I think if mm. season two wants to just go all out wacky, like, give us a grom. If Age they... of Legends, that made things stand out. Now really give us some it. weird creature that looks nightmarish. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be all about the weird if animals. They're, if they're bringing the Sean Chen in, we should have Grom. We should be getting Rockin and Torokin, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What's like the elephant? It is an elephant, but it's a oh, shredded. Right. Elephant. Is that how they, they... shred it or something? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because What's-Her-Face has them at the... In the caravan, the menagerie. There's all kinds of stuff, but put that CGI money to good use and give us a grom. Yeah, like some creepy, creepy ass shit. I really feel as though the intention around that last battle didn't really quite come off the way that it could have. But. Well, I did notice something in this chapter, not this chapter, in one of these chapters that where I read it, I was like, well, hot damn. Ishamael really does try to teach Rand how to use the one power, and I had totally forgotten about it. Yeah. Because when I was watching the TV show, I was like, oh, he's kind of doing like an Asmodian thing mm-hmm. here. No, like this offer. is straight, yeah, straight from the books. Yeah. Like, I still feel like they did the eyes and the mouth well in the show for... Ishamael. I think Steve, the actor that they listed as Steve, was mm-hmm. actually Ishamael when Ishamael didn't have speaking roles. When it was just nightmare guy in a mask, they mm-hmm. hired one guy, and then when it was, you can actually see his face and his, and he's talking. Then they used another guy because I think one is like a theater actor. That would make sense if you. Have to use your body language. Yes. Yep. To express things in a way that's not quite the same as it would be on TV. <laughs> to express okay. yourself expressively. <laughs> I don't know where where is my mind? I'm sorry. Continue. Don't apologize. <laughs> Portal stones, land fear. I don't know. I love land fear. Oh. I love lamp. <laughs> I don't love Lanfear. I do. I do. Um, I like that we don't agree on all of those things. So one of the observations in this as well for me is this is little baby Rand trying to learn how to channel. And this really touches mm-hmm. on what you talking about just a little while ago with how Ishamayel is offering to teach Rand how mm-hmm. to use the one power. In this situation, he is aware of the fact that if he knew how to use the one power, he could potentially just, like, magic his way back Do to his friends. Yeah, like, he could fix the situation. He's aware that it could be a useful tool. And he pushes and pushes and pushes until it, like... I, I really... That 
Jordan, you're so good. Like the split of the void and how it felt like razors in his mind. And like, that's why women go to the White Tower to be trained so they can avoid moments like that. Like Rand could have burned himself out the way that he was trying. Mm -hmm. Like he was mm -hmm. just, he wanted so badly to fix this. So of course he's putting his everything into it. So the backlash on that, I feel... He was really feeling guilty. Yeah. Huron's got kids and a wife, and he's just doing it for them, really. Yeah, and, like, Hearn has also decided that, like, Rand is the the answer to everything. Lord Rand. Lord Rand. Lord Rand. You shall fix it all. And I'm like, mm -hmm. he's, like, 19, 20. You want a 20-year-old to fix this all? Isn't he, he's probably closer to 18, isn't he? In I the think books. He ends up, yeah. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's about how old he is in the books. So yeah, like, I would have such a hard time. I'm just thinking about putting my life in the hands of an 18-year-old. No. I'd be like, mm, I got this. I'd be like, I, I, I no, mm -mm, not yeah. feeling it. Mm -hmm. How about you just keep your mouth shut and let the 90-year-old and it. I. Zip it. Just <laughs> let me and my rolly chair figure things out on my own. Someone <laughs> hand me my tartan. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I just, I can't see how easily it's accepted that he's, the. there's a moment where, like, Rand's trying to be all like, we're going to get this taken care of, and it's written that Loyal gives Rand a level look, and I'm like, you're not fooling him, Rand. You maybe right. have poor her yeah. and all fooled, but mm -hmm. Loyal's like, you ain't got this. <laughs> I wonder if they will bring that aspect into the TV show. Oh, I hope so. Because at this point, Rand, it seems like Rand's just going to run off yeah. and do his own thing. Yeah. So maybe there aren't any Shinarans to reunite with. Maybe there's no Huron. I. You know what? If we If we don't get that, there are so many things that we won't get later on that will make me really, really, really sad. In particular, a Birgitta Uno moment. How mm. else would they make that happen unless we do this whole... I mean, I'm sure they could think of a way. I'm sure I could think of a way if I sat and thought about it. But I like the Shinarans. I want them to be there, like, doing Uno, their thing the in the background. The, yeah, the best bottom in the business, in the words of Birgitta. <laughs> She thinks he's got a cute butt, doesn't she? I think so. She I think she just she likes says. him, like, scrappy and scarred. <laughs> Brigitte, you're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> I just love it so much. Like, they can't take that away from us. There are just things that you have to leave for the fans. You just have to. You can't. I'm... Yes, please. We need to have a Guidel Kane too. And for the love of God, if they make Guidel Kane hot, I will riot. I'll be so mad. I'll be so mad. I just give us a just you know, like one like normal looking person. Yeah. Not everyone needs to be beautiful. Normal is fine with me. Just, I can yeah. handle normal. What if in this world like normal means like really unattractive because everyone is so beautiful <laughs> and that's why Lanfear is like freakishly good looking because she has to compete with everyone else who is already perfect so westlands is just an enlarged los angeles <laughs> 
there are things that I feel they've kept in the show that feel really good. Like on close-ups for people's skin, it's not perfect. Like they haven't done anything to like touch it up in any way. They look like humans. Their hands look well, worn the... and cared. Like well, with the way that like HD and stuff is now. It doesn't matter how much makeup you put on. It's hard to, like, hide those flaws. Unless you have no pores, then you will see pores. Like, that's just how it is. But, I mean, let's be honest here. Yasha Stradowski is a model. Like, he is gorgeous. He's beautiful. He really is. And for the most part, the whole cast is. Like, very beautiful looking. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like the Uno actor so much. Mm. He's, like, scrappy. He doesn't look like your average model or something. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord Aglemar, that man is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The Lady Amelisa? Beautiful. Beautiful. But Uno, that's the guy I'm after. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Rand. Well, and I mean, sorry to parent... I would, I can't say that I would be after any of them. They're the same age as my son. For me, it would be characters <laughs> like Tom. You know? <laughs> Leia. Yeah. Oof. I think he's the same age I am. I might be just a tad bit older than him. I can totally admire the beautiful young people of the cast, but that is where it stays. Like anything after that is like. Yeah, I don't want to feel like that makes weird. me feel a little like. Mm, <laughs> right. No, you have to don't have like that. You get to those points. Like there, are, there probably aren't like a ton of young women who are like, <laughs> "Yay, Tom!" The way that I am, like, "Yay, Tom!" <laughs> no, I'm with you on that one. There's probably not a people that are like, "Yay, guy, it all came." Right? Like I am. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if he's just completely average? And, yeah. like, that's what they find, like, well, he's a squat, ugly man. <laughs> like, They're like, complete... who around here is 5'11"? <laughs> yeah, right? He's he's of an average height. <laughs> with one scar. <laughs> Grotesque. Be gone. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. But I do want him to be, like, kind of, like, I don't know. Like, the way he's drawn so often by fan art. That's what I want to The way he's drawn in fan art makes him look like Dave Bautista. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even joking. (laughs) Maybe I'm thinking of someone else that has been drawn then. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Moving on. Portal stones, land fear. Rand and his channeling and needing to learn how to channel and like how dangerous but how helpful it can also be. Is there a Hurin for the TV show? Do we know? Not that I know of. Okay. I haven't seen anything for it. I did just a tiny bit of digging last We've night. Got an- Inktar, mm. we've got an Uno, and we've got a Masima. Okay. So it is very possible that Perrin will re- Perrin's nose could replace Huron. Ooh, good point. Good point. Or we could get an Elias. I would accept either one of those. 
Like, I was trying to think if he's a necessary character in this direction that the TV show is taking, and I'm going to go with no. As mm-hmm. much as I like him, he is he is a minor character that could be clipped from the TV show and replaced easily in the way that you describe. So, okay, so for chapter 14, the Wolf Brother chapter, another Wolf Brother chapter. Mm-hmm. But I like how the first Wolf Brother chapter is almost like you're not sure if it's supposed to be about Elias mm-hmm. or if it's about Perrin. Mm-hmm. Good point. And in this chapter, mm-hmm. it's most definitely about Perrin. Yeah. Oh. So, I <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. So we get a lot of like whirlwind info in this chapter, and it was a very nice info dump. I liked it. Mm-hmm. We learn how the wolves use their images to send meaning. Mm-hmm. So the wolves see Perrin as an image of a bull, mm-hmm. and that's how he gets his name. Like when the wolves see Perrin in their ESP telepathy <laughs> image that they send him. It's a bull. It's a yeah. big bull with horns, horns that are curved and shining metal. Yeah. So <laughs> we <laughs> Sherman Tank. So they see him like running through the night with the speed of youth with curly fur and they see him slicing through the white cloaks mm-hmm. with blood on his horns. And I love that he gets the name Young Bull from his axe, mm-hmm. but it is also so sad for Perrin because he's just like, you know, like another thing for him to be grief stricken about. Yeah. Where it's like they see me as this violent Fighter. Killer. Yeah. Oh, for them, it's for them, it's a badge of honor, and for him, it's something that shame. Yes. Yes. So, I do like that when Perrin is like recalling his wolf's senses, he explains how he went down into the dungeons in Faldara mm-hmm. with Egwene to like see Pot on Fane, mm-hmm. and. The smell of pot on Fane almost drove him to violence mm-hmm. because he smelled so wrong. Mm. And then I love that when we get him sending the scent to the wolves, the wolves lose their shit. Mm-hmm. Perrin, I think, even howls at mm-hmm. one point, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Dude, What's wrong with like, you? yeah, are you okay?" Yeah, right there, man. I can't. For some reason, I can't picture Marcus howling do you think we'll get a howl (laughs) i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it he did do his like growl voice that was quite good yeah i feel i feel like we will okay let marcus howl hashtag howl yeah, like, I kind of, I want to see that happen, and I feel as though, like, it's one of those things, like, I feel it should happen. You know what I okay. mean? Especially <laughs> Tracy wants that howl. <laughs> I, well, I feel as though, okay, so he's he's just getting familiar with this world of the wolves, <laughs> and everything is I'm overtaken him. I'm just picturing Rand fighting a Grom. Marcus howling. It's getting ridiculous. 
I like this it. This is when it like <laughs> this is when everything starts to like veer into cartoon land for me. Is yeah. moments like this Same. where it's like it doesn't necessarily feel like a real person would do this, but it feels right. as though like a drawn animated mm-hmm. version of stop motion wheel of time <gasps> it would take a million years <laughs> okay I'm okay done. i'm pushing forward please this do because i just want to talk about Varen for five seconds okay she gives me the creeps Aww. she's such a creep show she's <laughs> When I first read the book, I told Tracy that I hoped that someone would throw her off, off a, a cliff. cliff. And you said that, and I immediately, like, clapped my hands over my mouth so I wouldn't say anything. I was like, really? It's, it's because of this, though. She's... Oh. She, she shows up, and it's after all of these translating dark friend prophecies. Then there's this chapter where there's a dead fade nailed to a door with the flies so thick that you can't even see it and she's all like I wish I had time "Mm." to study this fade yeah Yeah, I wish I had time to like check out this rotting fleshed creature and then before she finishes saying it like stops all suspiciously and then she's got this kind of like showdown with Ingtar where like at this point on my first read, Inktar is like, I want to kill Trollocs. It's the only way to live. Like, <laughs> killing dark friends, murdering Trollocs. Like, such a champion of the light. Totally. And when her and Inktar have this little bit of, like, a side-eye moment, mm-hmm. I was like... Do they know? Varen... Well, I was like, this Varen lady is up to no good. Mm-hmm. She's creeping out, wanting to study dead skin, fade flesh not even caring about plagues of flies or anything and i just like she she reminds me of a witch crafty and mysterious and dark yes she's kathy najimi i don't know how we say how we are varen fan cast kathy yeah najimi her and hocus pocus is varen yes I want That's her. all I have to say about that. I think the reason why I didn't think that that was creepy is that I would have wanted to do the same thing. Like, something that rare to be... If I were brown mm-hmm. Aja and all I do is seek out knowledge, the idea of having a murdral in hand, like, I'd be like, okay, how is this? how is this made? How is this put together? Like, I would... I felt very scientific around it when I read it, and for you, it creeped you out and, like, kind of yeah, but tipped like, you off I mean, in some ways. Yeah, but, like, I've seen, I've seen a leg ampu- amputated in real life, and I wasn't, oh. and I wasn't, like, <laughs> it was amazing! It was something that I loved! I'm not saying like, I would have a great time doing it. I would say I would feel the need to do it for science! <laughs> For knowledge. No, I couldn't watch an amputation. I couldn't do it. When you told me that you had been through that, I wanted to vomit on your behalf. But I feel like (laughs) I didn't get sick, therefore I accomplished something. Yeah, you should totally have bragging rights for that. 
I would have vomited. I wouldn't have been in the room in the first place. I don't think I could be there for that. I, I watched a very, very minor surgery on a young boy. I got so sick I had to walk out, but this was totally different. I mean, there's something about, like, the unblemished skin of a child. This is getting very dark. Okay. I am moving on. <laughs> So let's go to... Mara is creepy, period. <laughs> yeah. Creep. Creep. Uh, so back to chapter 15. Kinslayer. Yeah, so while our dudes are walking through this mirror world, there are these, like, swathes of burned grass. And, like, some places, mm-hmm. like, taper to a point, and some they're really wide, and some they're really narrow. But, like, wherever they cross, the grass is, like, burned. Refusing and, to grow. Yeah, like, and it's crunchy. Is this balefire? Well, that's what I was, I was like, what are these? And I really, I didn't get far in, in my research for what these are. I feel like somewhere it was, like, this still isn't something that's been disclosed and I could be wrong and if I am I would love to know it like if somebody knows where these come from I'm curious they always felt like you know how when and I mean that's that's like the next thing is the streams of smoke in the sky Mm -hmm. and how those dark spots in the ground make me feel is like those things in the sky but reflected on the ground and so I wonder if they're mm, okay. connected and at the same time, like maybe they just have planes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Like they somehow ended up in a mirror world where some of like civilization was okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. The dark one wins maybe a little bit here. Yeah. Things are changed a little bit there. Some people are allotted to, like, live their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like, only but, a certain spot got wiped out. Right. Yeah. But it's also kind of like, do we know what time this is? Is it future? Is it past? Right. Is it, is it parallel? The exact same? Yeah. yeah to parallel where to are. them. This is why I don't like the portal stone. So many unanswered questions. I just, I I don't like a mystery where there's just, like, no, like, you can just <laughs> guess. Like, just throw anything at a wall. Pretty much anything will stick because there's not anything enough. Anything everything. Yeah, there's just not enough, not enough hints to follow, I guess. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. I can't. Nancy drew my way through it, Tracy, and I don't like it. I I understand. I like that there are so many questions. I want all the questions and hypotheses to go with them. See where this bitch takes us. Yeah, it's just too broad for me. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. My professors would be like, just narrow that in. Just narrow it in. You don't (laughs) need all this. It's just extraneous. Just dump that shit. You don't need it. Yep. So you know who stood out in this chapter to who? me the most? Who? Our dear loyal. Yes. I was so fond of that nice moment of him singing mm-hmm. and Rand recognizing it from somewhere and he has a memory of it but he doesn't know where from. 
it's just so nice. I loved it. Yeah. I almost took the exact same quote, so <laughs> kudos. Because Yay! there's there's something terrifying about him. He's creating he's basically creating a weapon, but like let's face it, it's a stick yeah. that's aerodynamic that you can whack people with. Yeah. It's not like he's creating a, a sun wood machine gun yeah. or something. <laughs> like a wooden Kalashnikov. He, he thought about it's it. Just a, he it's thought just about a it. stick. But the fact that even though the, the stick is for protection, him saying that this world was happy for it to be used for violence. Mm-hmm. And that's creepy. I like that. It's like this heartfelt moment where Loyal is singing and it feels like this things are going to be okay for a minute. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, no, not nope. okay. Not yeah. okay. Rand being like, why would you need a walking stick? We have horses. And then being like, oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, it is yeah. surprising. Ogier are known for staying in their steadings and being really peaceful. And the idea of an Ogier with even a quarterstaff feels... It's a little bit unsettling. Yeah. But knowing where they go with the Ogier as warriors, it's also kind of like that moment where it's like hype. Like, I love that. <laughs> Get hyped. <laughs> At this moment, it's just one Ogier with a quarter staff. But right. just you wait. Just wait till they're picking up like regular sized trees and using them as. <laughs> Swacking sticks. I, yeah. Uh, like. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I I liked about this, and this is something that I appreciate very much about the writing that Robert Jordan does, is him saying that everything is connected. And, like, there's mm-hmm. just this depth to that, and I, I appreciate it. I, <laughs> I kind yeah. of forgot how deeply I appreciate that about these books. There is also something that I kind of have always maybe like pushed off like the whole almost religious aspect that comes through like Heron has the whole uh light protect us, creator shelter us, blah 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 whatever and I'm just kind of like okay, but this actually it's really important to a lot of people and it seems as though they've brought that into the shows as well like this idea of reincarnation and rebirth and that moment when Agomar says may the last embrace of the mother welcome you home Mm -hmm. so I mean like it obviously has its place in this world and maybe it's it's deeper than I had originally thought. I think that the show writers have definitely made it. It's interesting how he did kind of pick from different religions. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like this about you. I like this about this. Yeah. And I'm just going to kind of wrap it all up to make it a theme of my books, which, okay, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing it sounds actually kind of weird. Like, I'm just going to borrow from some people's religion. I don't know. Like, I'm sure he understood it fairly well. Yeah, but and I think was like, I'm going to. I think you're right. I mean, that's how I would describe it. Yeah, but I don't want to, like, 
diminish him and say that he like appropriated mm. religions or something. Oh, I see what you mean. He's taken so much from Roman Catholicism and other stuff too. It's just really a hodgepodge. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always interesting when people are like, oh, well, it's like very, this show is very rooted in like Hinduism or Buddhism because someone who went to Catholic school, I'm like, oh, this is Book of Revelations (laughs) out the wazoo, you know? Like, I feel like you can pull so much from it, so. You can kind of put your own, like, what Mm -hmm. you know into it. Yeah, it reminds me of what Andre said. If you're a girl from Morocco or if you're a girl from, you know, some other country, like, these people should feel like your friends and you should be able to maybe see your culture, your surroundings in them. Yeah. So I liked that so much. I really... That was one of the best moments. Heartwarming. It really, really. it really, really, really was... Ashamayel in the Nightmare discussion with Rand also touches on this idea of reincarnation. Also, this whole, like, Rand has to keep his feelings to himself. This is a lack of communication style that happens throughout, like, all of the books. And I just don't like it. I'm not quite sure why it's done this way, because it feels like it slows everything down and it's also something with like television series Mm -hmm. that i i don't appreciate where it feels like a forced forced drama as someone who loves you know fiction (laughs) 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 like it you can have fiction but it also is better when it feels believable. I agree. I agree. That's what I want. I do feel that there are many, many believable moments in the TV series, and I feel like that happens in in the books as well. Yeah, and I don't mean, like, these books or the Wheel of Time TV show. I just mean, like, in In general. general. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm... The other thing that I'm thinking about is time period, like, when this was written... So it's become much more common in the last decade or so to actually talk about things like mental health, to actually be able to admit when you are afraid, to find comfort in community and building up Mm -hmm. each other instead of holding ourselves apart from each other. And I feel like Rand taking on this whole like, I have to be strong. I'm the glue holding all of this together because I am strong. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I have to fight this on my own. I'm like, but do you really? Like, couldn't you benefit from talking to Loyal about this and being like, hey, I know you're 90. You know, Loyal would be such a great, like, advocate. Right? You know? Like, I feel like Loyal would just be great to have around. He would just... Like, I would love that. I would be like, could you just talk to me? about anything mm-hmm. anything just anything and instead like it's it's almost like he elevates himself above them as like the unofficial leader of the group maybe that's why he gets that level look from loyal as loyal is like for real this is this is what's happening well, he's definitely the oldest so right why i would it's kind of like the teacher like 
if Herod had been like, Lord Rand, Lord Rand, and I had been Lord Rand, I'd be like, you know what? This is a team thing. Yeah. Let's uh let's combine efforts. <laughs> figure this speaking, out together. Speaking of the oldest person in the room, can we talk about Celine mm-hmm. slash Lanfear before it gets too late? Yes. Because I feel like she's kind of important because she just showed up. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You read this at a much younger age mm-hmm. than I did. Mm-hmm. When Lanfear shows up, were you like, yeah, no? Or were you like, mm, she seems reasonable? Did you have any like red flags or? You know what? It was really hard to have a red flag around a beautiful woman considering how often beautiful women are described in the books up to that point the red flags for me were were silly like how can she be wearing a white outfit and be so damn clean like how's her skin softer than yeah softest skin yeah yeah and also when she's telling rand what he needs to do how she suddenly has this like very calm demeanor she's really controlled like she goes from this screeching woman who's afraid of things to like nothing actually yeah even like happened. this is what you need to do to sort this shit out and i know you can mm-hmm. do it so you just go ahead and do that i think the other thing about her is <laughs> her age her her fountain of youth however mm-hmm. she does that with the the mask of mirrors i'm assuming is what she's using like when they first meet up in that chapter yeah, it's interesting because at first he says she has to be Nynaeve's age, mm-hmm. and then I think he brings it down even lower, like, to no, maybe Gwaine's. she's Egwene's age. Yeah. So she makes herself seem increasingly more vulnerable to him in an attempt to get his attention, and that really bothered well, me. <laughs> I don't, you know what? Like, I didn't see it as, like, just to get his attention, but I feel like she saw his insecurities, mm. like, him being like knowing he's not a lord mm-hmm. obviously yeah i mean she knows i'm sure she knows everything about him at this point mm-hmm. he's a farm boy yeah yeah but if she made herself seem younger she wouldn't be intimidating mm-hmm. yeah and therefore like they would get along like he would he would get along and be able to open up mm-hmm, to her. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, like, a sexual thing. No. It was, like, a reverse psychology yes. thing. Like, yeah, she just appeared more vulnerable. Therefore, like, whatever she would tell him would not appear threatening. And in that way, mm-hmm. she was able to manipulate him. Like, she used what she had. And, I mean, that's that's what we all do. All I know is when she showed up on my first read through, I was like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah, she does not. <laughs> she does not seem like a real person. I think that's mm-hmm. that's the, the red flag for me about her. Is she just doesn't feel real. This is from like what I remember on my first read through, which was like a very long time ago. Having read Eye of the World much more recently... And now moving into this, it still doesn't feel believable. <laughs> There's kind of this uncanny valley cartoonness to it, mm-hmm. which I think it's okay. Like, it's 
it's lovable. It is. You know? But, like, the level of beauty that she's given just doesn't feel, like, it makes her feel like Jessica Rabbit. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for her, she can kind of make herself look however beautiful she wants to. But, I mean, she definitely uses this to manipulate Rand. And in some ways, it's to h- increase his confidence. And in other ways, it's just like straight up how much can she get under his skin so that she can make him hers. I think depending on the age when you first read The Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. And which gender you're attracted to mm. makes you like a giant Lanvier stan or not. Oh, <laughs> like, interesting. I feel like there are many men who are 18 year old boys or even younger reading this, and it was like, Lanvier is the bee's knees. Yeah, she's the everything. I love her endlessly. Yeah. She can do no wrong. Yeah. I don't care if she's forsaken. <laughs> she's my favorite, and I love her. <laughs> well, I mean, think about the way she's described, like, the way that she's dressed. Perfection. Like, yeah. she's wearing white while she's mm-hmm. traveling. Down to her boots. Her boots are white. Like, white and silver. That's no one does that. No one does that. If I'm like going to go hiking, I'm like, what's the darkest thing I can wear? How dark can my boots be? Because they're going to get covered in mud and be dirty. Like, I'm just picturing like very Eastern European chic with like some white boots, maybe one of these fur. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I can like I can totally see her outfit, but no. That that, that should be like the number one thing that makes her not real is her all white outfit outfit in the middle of mm-hmm. nowhere where she just should be like, even if she is wearing white, it should be <laughs> fucking filthy. I'm going to say. That's all I have to say. Lamp yeah. your unobtainable cleanness <laughs> is unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. I mean, Do you think she's using a little bit of compulsion? Compulsion light. Maybe? I was. I actually wrote that down when we were talking earlier because we do have like the way that she approaches Rand and the way that she's like. I'm gonna go with no though. I mean, Rand was dumbfounded around her. Kieran mm-hmm. was so tripping over himself that he just splurted out like, "Oh, the Horn of Valir," which actually that even makes a better cause for compulsion, right? Yeah, maybe. But Loyal is even like, she's so beautiful. Yeah, man. he's like, if if there was <laughs> if there was an image of human perfection, yeah, I think it might be you. Yeah, Loyal. Uh, Who needs to brainwash someone when you're just that hot? I know, right? It apparently just makes everybody around you stupid. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Us talking about casting people. Who are average looking. <laughs> Can you imagine if Lanfear isn't... Like, super hot? Yeah. That's actually... She's just normal. I've been wondering what they're going to do. Like, there are some very, very beautiful people. They're going to have to find somebody who's, like, really, really extraordinarily beautiful when they already have a really beautiful cast. And they're going to have to, like, make her so that she can act on top of it so 
All right, guys, good luck. I mean, I just, and maybe Robert Jordan never really saw his books becoming a visual form of entertainment the way that we're getting to experience it now. And maybe maybe he would have expected it more to be like an animated style something. Did he say? I think someone asked him who would play a certain character of Ooh. his, and he was like, young Ben Affleck. <laughs> or not young Ben Affleck, but like Ben Affleck when he was young. Oh, <laughs> wow. I don't mind that we missed out on that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, I really, I actually, I'm really good with that. The the cast that they have, I'm so happy with it. I'm happy that like it's not homogenous. It's varied and it's beautiful and it's more than what I expected, in a good way. Anything else with like Lanfear that you want to talk about? Mirror is that the Mirror of Darkness? That was the last chapter. I just like that she's kind of playing with him mm-hmm. and seeing how much of her loose Theron is in there. Yep. So. She's, she's testing the waters with him. How much gets carried over mm-hmm. from the rebirth. The rebirth? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Rebirth. Mm-hmm. How much is there personality that comes with it mm-hmm. and she does say something about like his stubbornness and just made me think like i wish i could have more of loose there and maybe we'll get that actual prologue chapter i would be pretty happy with it yeah now considering how much on my very first read i just didn't like it yeah but I'd quite I'd be quite happy to see it on TV. Yeah. I'm thrilled with some of the things that we've seen already and the way that they've been done. Things that I I wouldn't have expected them to use. Things that came from New Spring in particular. More New Spring. More New Spring. I Come did. on, Tracy. More, more new, new Spring. spring. More, more New Spring. New spring. <laughs> Let's end it right there cuz I think that would be stupid and hilarious. <laughs> you got it. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.